Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe the best way? No, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentistry Podcast. I'm Dr. Sonny Spira. I'm still your guest host and sitting in the chair that Drew Burns likes to and is used to sitting in for a little bit more time until he gives me the boot. Right, Drew? Okay. Well, today we have a very special guest, and I was referred to Dr. Carmen from, excuse me, Dr. Carmen Burke from Dr. Nicole Vane, another one of our favorite guests on our on our fee for service podcast. And Dr. Carmen Burke has a very unique background, and I'm going to just give you a little brief synopsis of who she is and where she's come from and all that. So, Dr. Burke is a graduate of dental school in the country of Columbia, 1998, where she graduated for 10 years. She came to America and then she got her dental degree from Loma Linda. And in between, there's some really interesting stuff that we're going to get into on the podcast. And so she graduated there in 2016 and she spent her first 15 months as an associate. She then in 2017 set up her own private practice and she's going to really enlighten us on all that that entails today. And uh, she's very passionate about what her, her interest in dentistry, she's a holistic dentist. And we'll talk briefly about that as well. And it is a pleasure and an honor to talk to Dr. Carmen Burke. Dr. Burke, welcome. How are you? Good, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. This is an honor for me to share my story and hopefully that inspires others. Amen, that's the idea, right? Mm -hmm. And of course the fee-for-service component, which we will, uh, gladly cover as well. So let's, so take us back. So what's it like in your native country of Colombia? Um, just give, give us a little brief on what, what's the uh, background of like, what's the climate for dentistry in general? Is it common? Is it really only a certain part of society uh, um, gets it? What, what, what is the dental climate in the, in the country of Colombia? So in Colombia, it was really good until uh, 1993. Uh, when people were having private practice, fee-for-service, 
So it was really good at the time. The only people that had some insurance were from the military educators and some people that were, uh, were working at the government. Uh, but in 1993, they came with this law that dentistry for free for everybody. So they started, it was beautiful on the paper, but it wasn't that beautiful for people because they were asking us to, to work with the cheapest materials, do see many patients at, in few hours. So the quality wasn't that good. The quality of the materials were not good. The service wasn't that good, but it was good in, on the paper. So people thought that it was good because it was for free, but it wasn't. Then, um, so I graduated in 1998, but when I was in my dental school, I knew about that. So the dentists were kind of complaining about that. They say, oh no. But the good thing was at that time, I could see some of the dentists keeping private practices. And I knew from my teachers, they were telling us, if you're good at something, you can keep your private practice. You can, you can have your niche. I learned that from that time. But I graduated in 1998 and I went and I worked for a clinic. I did my practice in, uh, in the countryside. I learned a lot about extractions and I was just doing a lot of feelings, you know, compulsive feelings, amalgam feelings. And then I went to the city after a year that I got my, my license and I started working for a clinic with physicians, nurses, and they have all the services. And I was a dentist there and that was there for five years. And then I went to a private practice, but I was a, an associate. And I started learning about composite. I got a little tired after those five years doing the same procedures, like amalgams, extractions, root canals. And we were referring a lot of stuff. And I was a little, I was thinking I was losing my skills a little bit. Uh, but then after five years, I started um, in a private practice as, as an associate. I never had my private practice in Colombia because I was a little afraid to, for the investment. It was a lot of investment and everybody wanted to use the insurance. And so I was a little scared, but I was in a private practice and I was just uh, working with that. And then I moved to another clinic that it was with insurance, but people have the opportunity to pay for private um, treatments like crowns, uh, composites in the posterior because only amalgams were covered by the insurance. And so working there, and so then I wanted to, to do prosto. I wanted to go to the university again. And then I met Schamberg, who is my husband. He's from here, from Iowa, but he was living in California. So when I was going to apply to the university to do prostodontist, he said, no, come to my country and I can support you to get your license. I know it's a long process, but let's start if, with English and let's ask what is the process here. So I was praying a lot because it was a huge move, uh, but then everything was fine. We got married and... I asked some of my friends and they told me exactly what to do, which I, I am very blessed with that because I know exactly the process. I know it was going to be long, uh, but I know I knew exact, exactly the process, like English, and then I needed to take my part one and then my part two, my national dental board. And then I, uh, take the, um, I needed to take the TOEFL, which is the proficiency in English. And then I needed to do two years in the university for the international dentist program. And yeah, so my journey started there, but that was like a, the, the, um, 
the dentistry in Colombia. And right now I have some of my friends that they have been educating themselves all the time. They go to classes and they always read. They are always, always studying and they have, they have private practice, very successful in Medellin, my hometown, which that really inspires me also here because, and that's what I, I would like to share with you too, like how come you can have your, your niche and just be good at it and then fee-for-service is there. You can be fee-for-service easier, you know? Okay, you covered a lot of ground in a very short time. I'm, I'm going <laughs> back. I'm going to back you up a little bit and just because I think, I, 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 I mean... I want, I want to get a little more of coloring of, of, you know, color in a little more of exactly what, cause you talked about, you worked a little bit in the country for about five years and you worked in the city clinic for five years, you were an associate. And it sounds to me like the government stepped in and told the dental offices materials they had to use, or was it just simply they reduced the rate so much that it became, you just had to cut the cost. What, 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 yeah. what determined that? So the law was dentistry for, dentistry for free for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that the government was taking the money from the insurance and giving just a little bit to the clinics. So they have like a, just like a, the amount of money that they have to buy materials was very limited. So they needed to buy cheaper materials and just try to see many patients in one hour just because they needed to be more efficient and now was that was that because the reimbursement for the procedure was so low or was that because they dictated the price of of the materials so the government is like if the if the people were paying like my my brother is an accountant and he was explaining that to me like the problem was that the government was in between the people paying the insurance in the clinic, like the government was taking money from the insurance and giving less to the dental clinic. Okay, so, so it was almost like a like a government subsidized, like a Medicaid in the United States, something like that. Something like that. I have never worked with any insurance here since I started here working in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But it's something like that. Yeah, something okay. like the government is dictating many things. So okay. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but but in terms of um, in terms of the clinic, the environments, it was very similar. You know, um, you know, uh, equipment. You know. You know, you could take a you know a dental office from Colombia and you could put it in this country, and it would look very much the same. Is that fair? Uh, yeah. So we don't have that much um, technology, like to have a CVCT, something very like for specialties, and for example, no laser, nothing is like that. But yeah, so they do kind of the same because I have some friends that they work in California for the government, and it's very similar. You have your dental chair. The only thing is that in Colombia, you see one patient at the time. You don't go from chair to chair. So you only have one chair and you finish with that patient. They clean the chair and they bring another patient. So you don't have like three patients in three chairs and you go back and forth or something like that. No, just one patient at the time, every 30 minutes. Well, it's very hard. It's very hard to make a living if you're going to do that and, and be paid peanuts, you know, so. Mm-hmm. 
So now 2008, when you come to the United States, because I, I think, you, I mean, you covered it, but I think you kind of covered it quickly. So I just want to get, because we talked a little bit before the show. So mm-hmm. when you came to the country, it wasn't like, okay, it's 2008, I'm going right to dental school. You had to increase or improve your proficiency in English because at that point you spoke no English. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, that's true. Uh, my husband speaks Spanish. So okay. we started dating in Spanish. And we knew I needed to learn English for every goal that I had in this country and starting to communicating with his friends and his family. So the main, the first thing that I came to do here was just studying in the um, University of California of Irvine. We were living in California. So I was full-time studying English the first five months. Okay. So you took English first and then you had to pass a proficiency test, you said? Yeah, so after five months, I took my first, the, the, I was studying English, and at the same time, I started with the, the, the little decks that you work for the sure. National Part 1, that mm-hmm. one? Yeah, I was studying for both, so I took my Part 1 five months later when I was here in the country, but I was full-time studying English. Well, the Part 1 was the dental board, you said, right? The dental board, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, 2008... You're here, you're taking classes, you're learning English, you're learning enough so that you can pass your dental boards, right? Yeah, so in Colombia, we used to learn, we used to read a lot of articles from the ADA, the American Dental Association in English. mm -hmm. So the technical English was easier for me to take a test. Oh, wow. uh, I, I I didn't speak or write. It was that I needed to learn. Uh, but reading articles and that was doable for me like six months later okay mm-hmm. so give us a time then you're because you don't really enroll in dental school until 2014 so yeah you know, so, we're, we're at about 2009 or so now just just fill some people in on because that's you know between 2008 2014 that's six years and you have yeah. a lot going on and for a lot of people six years outside of their profession they might be done, but not you. So just just fill me in on what 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 occurred during the, that period of time. Yeah. So when I was in Colombia and I wanted to go to prostodontist, uh, prostodontist just to do prosto in the school, I was like, I like prosto. I like to to I like to do crowns, bridges, but I really wanted to get married and have a family. So I was praying for that. So I want to get a husband and family. And then I met my husband. So I really wanted to have kids. So in 2009, I, when I was studying for my part two, because I, I passed my part one at the first try, which was great. But mm-hmm. when I was studying for my part two, um, I failed my part two because I was pregnant with my son, Kevin. It was mm-hmm. very difficult. I was studying and I couldn't concentrate. My digestion was difficult. Like I was like, what's going on? I'm sick. And no, I was pregnant, which was really good news. So I had my son and I always, always wanted to have two kids and my husband too, two kids and I wanted them to have like close in age so when my son was one year old I got pregnant with my daughter so uh, my husband was really good he he was always telling me you love dentistry don't you know don't forget about the process try to study for your part two I tried but it was really difficult with two babies no with one baby and pregnant 
uh, you know, so it was very sure. busy, busy time, but I was always just checking my part two. I had some friends, really good friends that they were always bringing me books and say, Carmen, please don't forget about that. You love dentistry. Uh, you, you're good with people. And I, I can come, I confess, I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, I don't want dentistry anymore in my life. I just want to be with my kids. But my husband was telling me, they're going to grow up and then you were going to miss your dentistry. So you better don't forget about the process, even if it's going to be in years. Um, and also my aunt was telling me, you know, just try to study, try to study. And I was like, okay, but I, I, there was a time that I didn't want to do it because I was in love with my kids and I was so busy and so tired mm -hmm. also. Uh, but they never, they never allowed me to forget about my process. So I was trying to, I failed my part two. I think I took it three times, but I was taking that because my husband and my friends and my, my family, they were telling me, just take it, just be kind of always with that relationship with your process, because otherwise you forget. And as you said, six years, you can just be done. Mm -hmm. And so but then in 2013, so my daughter was like 10 months or something like that. So we got a babysitter and my husband told me, so now I think is the time that you get serious with this process. And I didn't want to, I said, I don't want to, I hate part two. I, I can't study that, but it was because it brought me memories from my pregnancy when I was mm -hmm. having my morning sickness. And I was like, I, I, don't, I can't do that test. And everybody was telling me, do it, do it. And so, and then I just, I went to church and I say, God, you know, if I, if you're going to use me to serve people being a dentist in this country, I will do it. But if no, I was a dentist in Colombia and I'm fine with that. You know, I already, I already enjoy dentistry and no, and that was the miracle that the next day I wanted to study part two. I set my date in Prometrics is the center that you take the test and I passed the test. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I went to Loma Linda and I applied and they told me you have to have a really good dexterity test. They, they ask you to do the, the crown prep and the class two and class one. And I was preparing one month or like, like maybe 13 hours. I was prepping to prepare to the university and I got accepted. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and since that day, I was just again in love with my dentistry and I went to, we moved to Loma Linda, the whole family moved and we lived there for two years in Loma Linda. Mm -hmm. And I did so, my international dentist program there. Right, so the, the message to anybody listening, especially people who wanna have a family, whether it be male or female, uh, that doesn't mean it's the end and it doesn't mean you can't do what you wanna do. I mean, you're a walking, um, you know, definition of living what you want to live and still being able to do what you want to do. So uh, I think that is one of the beauties of dentistry. It does allow you to have a personal life, you know, and a professional life. But I, I also think if I have, you know, I'll just take my daughter, if my daughter wants to go into dentistry and they think, oh, well, if I have children or I won't be able to raise a family or I won't be, you know, Look at, you know, just look at what you did and then look at what you continue to do after one thing did not exclude you from another. So and I think actually, that's awfully inspiring. And actually, I'm really happy I did because now, uh, like now with the COVID, um, we could we could put them in a private school 
and they were going from August 18, five days to the school. They love the school, but we talked to my husband and my husband was telling me, if you're a dentist in this country, we can, we can have a better life for our family and for us. And it's true, it's, it, it gives you like a more quality life. So, and I think dentistry is one of the professions that you can have a family, you can cut your hours, but you still be connected and, and have you know, some support for your family and come back. And I think dentistry is amazing. I highly recommend this profession. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. What does your husband do? I'm assuming he's in dentistry. What does he do? No, he works for, he's an economist, and but he works for Kaiser Permanente in the software department. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought you met him in dental school. My fault. Oh, no, um, no, no, no. So you graduated Loma Linda 2016, and then you you went right into private practice, right? So the thing was this, because I, I knew about both in Colombia. I knew I didn't want to work for um, for that production. And when they told me that in this country, you go like a three chairs and your assistant do a lot of things for you. And I was like, oh my God, so how am I going to say hi to the patient? Like for me, it's really important to have relationship with my patients. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't see that working like with three patients sitting at the same time. And so they, at the end of the dental school in Loma Linda, they were coming from different chains and they were offering works and uh, the job for us. And they say, you just sign and you have a job for three years. And I was thinking they haven't even talked to me. They don't know my personality. They don't know if I am a good asset for the company or not. Like, a, I don't you're a warm how, body to fill a role. Like a, yeah. Like, a, why are you offering this job that is I said, oh, no, but I, said, I don't want to do this. So my, my classmates were like, Carmen, you have to give the resume. I say, no, this is not what I, I don't think this is to serve people the way that I, I really want. So I started praying. I said, God, what should I do? I want to do something good for people. And then we found out about holistic dentistry. And before I finished, I, I talked to a holistic hygienist and she told me what was that about. And she told me about some um, associations that I could learn and train myself. And that year before I graduated, the meeting for that association was in Las Vegas. So it was three hours from Loma Linda. And I opened that website and I said, this is what I want to do. And so we drove to Las Vegas and there I met some people and I say, I really want to do this. I really want to do holistic, but I don't know, I can study. And they, um, they put me in contact with a doctor here in Boulder, Colorado, that unfortunately he was having, he was sick. He was having leukemia. And so I talked to him and he said, come and help me. And I told him I was studying, I was becoming a member of the Holistic Association. He said, yes, perfect. You have the philosophy. That's what I want. Come and work with us. So that's why immediately I graduated. I came to work as an associate in Boulder, Colorado for his office, but he had a partner. So he died six weeks after I started working with him and his partner uh, was a little uh, like a different philosophy. I wanted just to to do more holistic. I tried to sell the idea to her and she said no. And so we didn't get along really well because of that. So I was there 15 months and at 15 months, my husband was telling me, you know what you want to do? Because I, I knew what people were looking for and nobody in the town was offering that. So I, I was thinking, 
if we offer so i talked to the the um, the owner of the practice and i said can we do these can we do prf can we do ceramic implants can can we get the laser and things like that and she was no 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 so i was feeling very frustrated i learned a lot there and i am very grateful i started there but i started feeling like i was studying a lot and i wanted to be able to give that to the patients that were looking for that and she was telling me no 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 so my husband told me you know you have one of the professions that you have your license so you can open your your own practice so he was telling me many professions they they need to work for somebody but dentistry has that beauty you can just open your practice and do whatever you think is best for your patients uh, it was very scary at the beginning at the beginning you always think like oh my god i'm going to to be able to cover the overhead to have patients okay so so let's 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 take one second pause for a second Mm-hmm. So you worked for 15 months. So where and when did you open your first practice? July uh, 17 of 2017. So it's going to be four years, July 17 this year. So that was a practice that you are going to open from scratch, scratch. correct? From scratch. Mm-hmm. So you have no expectations of patients that are either with you because you're opening this right from the get-go. Did you, well, let me ask you that. Let me ask you that. I don't make that assumption. Did you anticipate some people that you had established some relationship in the 15 months that they would come with you, that you'd have a little bit of a base with you? Yes, I, I knew they were going to find me online. I never told anybody that I was leaving because I didn't want, I didn't want them to, to follow me that directly you know like i didn't want to steal patients from that practice yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i told the owner look i am going uh, i'm going to be in boulder i told her i'm going to be in boulder i'm going to practice here because we move our family our kids are in the school here sure. and i really don't want to move more because in california we move seeking my career yeah. from like three cities did and, you uh, uh did you have a restrictive covenant with the people that you work for no okay no, because we were talking since I talked to her when we talked to her and the doctor that died. So we talk about for me to buy in one year. Yeah. And I say, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's great. In one year, we know if we under, if we like each other, if we understand each other. So right. that was great. But what happened was that in one year later, so the communication wasn't good between both of us. Mm-hmm. And... But I was always telling, can you give me a feedback? Can we maybe, you know, have a meeting or things like that? And she was really dry. She didn't even say sometimes good morning to me. And that was a little tough for me because I'm very, very social and very friendly. And I was trying to talk to her. I was trying, trying. But then she sent me a contract uh, like for five years as an associate. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't talk about this. Because remember, we talk about buying. Because that was a conversation when I was in Loma Linda. And, and so it was she, also a conversation you had with the other doctor, not with this And one. with the other doctor, but with her too. I said, I want to be, I want to have, I don't want a solo practice. I want to have a partner. And he said, oh, this is perfect. You come and work with us. And, you know, I am yeah. going to retire, he said. I'm going to retire and you can be half half and you can help each other because you're with kids and all the stuff is good to have another dentist. And so, but then instead of her talking to me, she sent me that contract and I didn't sign the contract because the contract was for five years. And I say, no, so I didn't have any restriction because I never signed the contract. 
So mm -hmm. you, 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 you're going to leave that practice. And in July, 2017, you are going to sail your own ship. You're going to set up your own practice and you're going to do mm -hmm. this. So, um, approximately how far from the other practice were you now going to be located? So at that point, I was looking for another holistic dentist in town that I knew he was like uh, in his sixties, uh -huh. and I went and talked to him and I said, "Can I can I work for you and then buy and then you retire?" And we started talking to him. That was maybe like three four miles from from the other place. And the issue was that he didn't want to buy any technology, like any technology. It was like a, it looked like an office for the seventies just the basics and I say no we need a CBCT we need the laser we need the CEREC because I, I know people look for that and he said oh no that's a lot of investment and it was a little difficult so what I ended up doing was I was renting a chair just one chair in a prosthodontic office um, here in town that he was coming only like two weeks every two weeks because he had other offices in other states so he said, yes, I can rent to you. So he only allowed me to work two days one week and three days the following week. And so I just started myself. And so the assistant that was with me in the other practice, she was amazing. But I told her, you know, I don't want to take you with me because I don't want to, to look like I am stealing you from them. Mm -hmm. So then her mom told me she's going to quit because she doesn't want to work there if it's not with you please, if you, if you can get an assistant, call her. And I said, oh, if that's the case, I will be so happy working with her. So I started with her. I called her, I said, would you like your mom told me this? And I said, yes, I want to. So she didn't even ask me one question. And I said, please, I don't have patience. I don't have anything I can offer any benefits. But if you want to start this mission of health with me, it will be great. And she said, yes, I want to. So we started in this office and really soon we got a, a third person. And I tell this lady, like we needed somebody to answer the phone, but the lady who was answering the phone wasn't very friendly. So Kaya, who is now my manager, she was my assistant that came with me from the other office. She said, oh no, she's not very friendly. I don't think this is going to work. Let me do that. And I say, yes. And I say, Kaya, you know, we're going to grow. I'm very faithful. And I always talk like a very positive things for the future. And I say, we're going to grow. And I really want you to be my manager. And she was like, oh, okay. But I think at that time she was thinking manager of what? Like, we don't, we're just renting one chair here. But I said, you know, let's do it. And she said, yeah, sure. And she started just helping me managing everything. And so three months later, um, in just one chair. So the patients were coming one by one, but I, I started doing like a really good website. That was an advisor that told me that, the website. And I started with the website. So can I continue? Would you like me uh, ask me any other questions? Sorry. Well, no, no, I know you're going. Trust me, you're, you're the Energizer Bunny. I'm going to try to keep up with you. So, so you are three months now renting one share. One right? share. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to start your website. Right. You're, I know. It, I started my website before I opened my practice. Okay. So your website is, is, is not under construction is actually in place as you're there. So yeah. at, at what point do you go from your, your renting one chair to deciding I have to have my own practice? What, what, it, what, what, what started? Well, I that? knew, I knew what, what my niche was. So I knew Sarek 
uh, like crowns in one day. It's something that people really like in this town. Uh, so I started with my CEREC. I started with ozone. Ozone is really important for the holistic dentist and people are looking for, they were looking for that. So I started with my ozone. I started with PRF machine with my centrifuge. And I started with the composite. We only use one composite that doesn't have BPA and people that look, they're looking for holistic look for that. So I started with those things. And then thanks God, we had a, an assistant, the assistant of the prostodontist, she didn't like us. So she was doing things to make us uncomfortable, but that was really good because that pushed me to get my own place. Like at the beginning, I was really afraid to get my own place because I was thinking about the overhead. I was like, oh, I need to pay rent and I need to pay, you know, like water, electricity, all the stuff. I said, I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, but then what I realized is that this lady pushed us to, to get our own place. So I, I found a place to sublease and then I found in the same building on the first floor for January. So that was July. I stayed there until uh, October 1st. And then I, I was subleasing a place on the third floor of the building that I am right now until I got this office uh, in January. So it was a little bit of transition at the beginning. Uh, but at that time, I, people were just finding me online and but new patients too new patients because I knew my niche so and I was studying a lot and I was I was doing a lot of things like I'm taking this class for this um, and I'm I'm very also very blessed that I know the the mentors in holistic dentistry that I know like which class should I I should take and I take it I'm very diligent and I, I like to study a lot uh, but it's good to know what is the best source so I was finding these mentors and I was taking the class with them. And so I was publishing that on Facebook and on my Insta. And at the, at the time I didn't manage Instagram, but Facebook. People were seeing that they were calling us. We started just having calls and calls. And yeah, and then in January 30, 31st or something, just like a February 1st of 2018, I moved to the office that I am right now. And describe for us what that what that practice looks like because you're working you know remember what we what what i have in mind right now is you're working out of one room one chair <clears throat> what do you now have what kind of office do you so have? when i moved to this practice it has three rooms it had three rooms but then it had a, like a really big break room that i needed to build i built that into that the same year in april because i was growing i was growing really fast and and I needed that that chair. So I just just built it for, so I, right now I have four ops. Mm -hmm. I have four ops and I have an associate. So after in 2018, I like, no, in 2018, in May, I got an associate because we were growing a lot. And so you were so on your own by yourself for three months? Uh, yes, I was, I was on my own for three months when I started, I was, uh, and then I added an assistant. And so it was Kaya, which is my manager now, then one assistant and then myself. And then we added a hygienist and then we added an associate dentist mm -hmm. in 2018 mm -hmm. uh, in May. So she will be two years no, in 2019, so 19. 
2019 May, so she will be two years this May with us, the, uh, the dentist associate, mm -hmm. the associate dentist. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, things, we are, have... things are cooking along. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what business decisions you made, okay? Also, and also that I was going to tell you is we, last year during the COVID, we bought a building. So we bought a building, but we need to, to build it from scratch. So now if just uh, permits with the cereal boulder is a little, it's taking time, but it's there, but yeah. So we're going to have our own building. So now we're going, when we move, hopefully September, if they give us all the permits, it will be eight ops. So I, will, I am going to have eight instead of four. Now I have four. Okay. So our listeners, if you've lost track, okay, in, in, <laughs> in 2017, we had one operatory that we were renting, renting from a prosthodontist that was part-time then we moved into another facility and then another one and then within three months so january 2018 we now have a three operatory office and then we added a fourth and then within well it's the end of january so we'll call it february so february so by may that's three months later we now have four operatories and we have another doctor joining us so now fast forward to March 20, 2020 when COVID hit. So at some point, at what point are you looking for these, this office? You're going to be going in shortly? In September. So okay. it's taking time. It's taking time is because the permits from the yeah. city. So mm -hmm. September, 2021, just, just talk about a fast track of growth. Yes. So now in September, 2021, now going to be in a, seven up did you say seven operatory eight. seven eight so i thought eight operatory treatment area what are your plans when you get in there are you going to be a three doctor two hygienist practice what what are you what do you see your practice being so what i want is i want we would like to add a third dentist mm -hmm. uh, we have some like we have some specialties between us like for example my associate right now she's doing the homeoblock she's doing the short smile and she's taking classes right now for the ALF is something that our patients are always looking for and we will have a really good niche with that and I am right now placing ceramic implants and what I am doing is I do extractions in a holistic way that it was bringing me a lot of patients uh, which is with the PRF with the ozone and with the um, with the what else PRF ozone laser the PSO surgery and so, but then my mentor was telling me, you have to start placing implants. So I hired a, a periodontist, but she, she didn't last because she was more about money than relationship with patients, unfortunately. So, and I, our patients are, they like to talk to us and tell us stories and things like that. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't, she liked more to go to the point, mm -hmm. just let get the treatment done and buy. Mm -hmm. And so she was uncomfortable in her practice. So then I started sending to the surgeons in town and they were, I was sending them for ceramic implants and they were coming back with titanium. And I said, oh no, the patient was, why do you send me there? I said, but we talk about ceramic, I'm so sorry. So it was a little like a pushing me to start placing the implants. So now what I am doing is I am placing only one, one brand, uh, which is Terra Root, that is giving me also like a niche. So what I like is to master one thing. And that's what I am teaching my associate. I say, 
do this and don't give up. You just stay there and master. And we have really good mentors, like in Cerro, we have Dr. Javi Oliva. So he's always teaching me uh, for the homeo blog. We have Dr. Belfort. He's very pleased with my associate because he said, oh, you're a really good student because she's very, very dedicated to study and ask questions. And so, and so what we want is the third dentist to help us more with operative and kids. Because at some point we needed to stop seeing kids. Mm -hmm. Well, I think if, if, if our listeners are, are a little getting confused, like, like I'm sort of, but uh, I think uh, in the holistic world, I think, you know, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of initials, right? PRF, AL, ALF, and home, <laughs> and et cetera. So what, I, what we're going to do, because uh, we don't have time to cover everything. So mm -hmm. in, in our show notes, um, Dr. Burke's going to give us her website and a contact uh, email, I hope. So people want to contact her, follow up, uh, or have an interest in, in, in getting more uh, background in this. I'm sure your website is well-versed in all these things. I've seen Nicole's website and I know it covers a lot of material. So mm -hmm. just just because um, you've talked a lot about ceramic implants, so that's, a, that's fairly clear, but then you've talked about a lot of other offshoots. So mm -hmm. clearly your niche is in is is the holistic uh, uh, approach to dentistry. Um, if you don't mind, I don't know how much you want to share. Can you talk about what type of growth you've seen financially in terms of you don't have to give dollars, but how much did your practice grow in in that year, year and a half? Well, it's almost two years, right? Thir 2018 to 2020, as you were growing your practice in that four operatory office. What kind of growth were you seeing? 10%, 20%? What would you what would you care to share to people? So it has been, so my husband is the one who knows the numbers exactly, but it has been, so he's always telling me that he he wasn't never expecting this growth that fast. Mm -hmm. uh, we started, yeah, so so I think right now we're almost. We're almost, um, so from 2017, and actually, you know, our accountant is always uh, sending us congrats, congrats, because yeah, we have been growing. We have been growing. I started my first, like the first month, which was the first month I was doing like 11,000. And then the next month it was like a 20 and then 30. So we always like an exponential. Mm-hmm. And now with two dentists, I know. So something that I, and actually yesterday I was I was listening to Dr. Nicole. She's really good with numbers and with ROI and breaking even and all this stuff. I am terrible on that. Um, but yeah, we have been growing. That's why we can afford the building. That's why we bought it. Um, well, because, I was just trying to get some perspective because if I'm listening to this and I'm a young dentist and I'm thinking, you know, okay. Uh, and I'm just trying to, you know, paint the picture for everybody what your story is in terms of your growth. If there's a, you know, because the question I would ask if I'm sitting there and say, well, what does that mean dollars and cents wise? Because sometimes you can mm -hmm. add rooms and you can add treatment and you can add stat, you know, you and you add overhead and you may not result in change your bottom line a great deal. So, mm -hmm. you know, but you also are growing your practice. So if you went from a hundred thousand dollar practice to a million dollar practice within two years. I mean, that's, that's beyond exponential growth, right? That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like, I don't want to pry, you know, I'm just trying to get some perspective because I'm sure that's on the minds of people that are listening to this. Yeah. So, 
this year, actually with COVID, uh, we were expecting less and actually we did more than the, than the year before. Mm-hmm. So even with COVID, it was more. Than, so we're, each year is more, is more than the previous year. And yeah. So how long, how long were you closed with COVID? Were you closed for two months? No. So when we, when they told us, so the, my associate was really scared. So I told her, you know, you just go home. Uh, I am going to see the emergencies. So I started seeing the emergencies only with one, with one assistant and my manager was working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the others uh, went home. So, but because I do a lot of extractions uh, and that was the only allowed treatment extractions. So I was, I was doing extractions and that was giving me enough profit to pay these two ladies and pay my rent. I never asked for like, can you, can you wait for me? Thanks God I could pay everything because a lot of extractions. And, and then pretty soon when they opened, it was May. I just brought the team and we had the training for the, for the implants, for the ceramic implants. And we start just placing implants because the thing is that people were asking me for the treatment and I was like, I don't do it. I don't do it. So they were kind of waiting for me to do it. So then they were just starting coming and coming. So placing the implants, um, it has been good for our, for our growth. Mm-hmm. And now she's doing the, these other appliances that people were, were waiting for because no every dentist is doing it. That's why I, I try to see what is the niche. And then people are just coming, oh, you're doing it. So they come and come and come. So that the, those appliances plus the implants, they help us to have a really good year. Mm-hmm. At the end, when the accountant sent us this, I said, wow, like you really, you really did well, not working that much. Well, most people saw, right, two months taken out of their production, some three. And now if you lose a quarter of your year, right, 25%, and if your practice is doing you know, simple numbers, let's say it's a $200,000 a year practice, you take away 25% of your production time, you would expect $50,000 to walk away. And, you know, some people I know, Nicole said the same thing. Some people in your in your case have did not see that. Now, I'm sure when you were just doing extractions, like you said, I made enough to pay the bills. It's not the same as when you were running fully operational. So, to show growth during the year of the insane or the pandemic in 2020 is phenomenal. You did in 10 months, really what you were doing in, 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 if you took your numbers for 2019, you would have to add probably four months. So if you took 16 months, you did that in really a 10 month window in 2020 and that's phenomenal. So, you know, mm-hmm. fantastic. So, um, with that, I, I think we're going to try, um, I'm going to try to, I'm going to ask you one more question, then I'm going to wrap it up for us. Um, mm-hmm. If you are talking to a young dentist who is interested in dentistry, be it holistic or conventional, we'll call it, what's your advice to them going into practice? So my advice is just check what you're good at it, what you love the most in dentistry, because dentistry has a lot of things that we can learn and do and find your niche and be really good at it and don't give up like don't give up in the learning process because some people they give up and they try another system and they try another thing but it's not enough time to get like really good at one thing one two three things that you feel 
I have people looking for this service. I can provide this service by the best technology for that service and just spend as much time as you can to get the best, like to be the best, the master. And something that is really, really important in dentistry that has helped me a lot is just being really friendly and really like compassionate with the patients. Like you don't want to treat them like, a, okay, I'm in a hurry, I need a chair. No, it's just do your best with the patient. I always tell my team this, the patient that we have in the chair is the king or the queen. We're not worried about the other. So we have to give the best to this patient and we spoil them like you can no imagine how. Like we're just, whatever you want, we're here to serve you. And I always tell people, if we treat this, this is a potential referral. Like this patient will send us way more people than any marketing tool that you can buy or something. So we try to do the best for the patient, be very friendly from the call and be very like, does the, the main patient is that one and be good at something and master it. So don't, don't chain, you know, because some people is just like going back and forth or going to one system to another system to another and trying, but they want the profit in one month and that doesn't work that well. So I think it's good to have a seed and then you will have the harvest. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent analogy. And, and, and this, <laughs> is, this is a people game. So yeah. dentistry is about people. See, people like you, they will stick with you. They don't even know how you prep. They don't even know, you know what I mean? Like uh, they don't see many things that you see when you're studying dentistry, mm -hmm. like the teacher grade your prep and all the stuff. The, the person that is your patient, they see is the way that you treat them and how important they are for you. That's what they feel and that's what they remember. Well, you certainly walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And that to me, uh, I have the utmost respect for anybody who does that because I know a lot of people that talk the talk, but I know far fewer that actually walk the walk. And to go through what you went through, to A, to get to this country, to learn English, to catch up, to do what you did, to take a, a fairly significant period of time out of your life in dentistry, focus it on your personal life, and then come back to really just fill in all the blanks, you kind of have it all. And that's amazing. So to people out there that want to know, can I have a family? Can I have a successful practice? Call Dr. Burke. She'll tell you if you can't, if you can't hear it coming through her voice now, you don't have your headphones on. <laughs> and I said the last thing, just yeah. the last thing. So I always, when I talk to the patients and they ask me, do you work with insurances? I have never worked with insurances, never, mm -hmm. because I started from like just, you know, fee for service. Mm -hmm. But I always tell them, look, this is your treatment is your health. We don't want a third party to tell us what to do with your teeth when they don't even know you. And there the focus is just money. And I always tell them, with me, you only pay with money. You don't pay with health. Because for me, it's crazy that insurance is telling me when you need a composite, like MO composite in number 30, that they're going to pay me if I do a crown. So a crown means I am going to drill more, more than you need. And when I drill a, a tooth, the tooth is gone forever. Even if you have like a huge amount of money in your bank, you cannot pay for that. But you can get money. Nobody dies and gets money and you know, take the money. So the money is always circulating. But it's good that you and me decide what is best for you. So you tell me your needs. I do a good diagnosis. I give you your options and you choose the best for you, for your budget, for your 
schedule for your family, for your needs. You choose based on those options. We don't need a third party to tell us what to do when the focus is money and then you can just lose a tooth. And we don't want to get close to that pulp then then we will need a root canal or an extraction or make it a big deal when it could be solved just with the filling, with mm -hmm. a composite. And so I always wonder, ask, oh, do you work with insurance? We always say the same. We don't want, and we don't have it in our website. We don't want a third party that if they don't even know you to tell us to dictate what is good for you when it's not realistic for your health. Mm -hmm. So I always focus on health and people get it. So I don't get any, and if the people say, no, I it has to be with insurance. I say, okay, yeah, so we're not a good fit for you, but we have a lot of acceptance because they really notice that we really want the best for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. One last question I want to ask you it has nothing to do with dentistry. And I've asked everybody this. Um, if you could go to any place or time backwards, like any, you can go back to any time or place, where would you go and why? Um, I think my university in Colombia was a really good time. I, I had a lot of fun and it was really nice. And I have really good memories about that time. I think it was really, really nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Burke. Thanks for your time. Uh, please, um, if you can just send me, um, your website. I, I've got your, uh, your bio that you sent me. I'm going to put all that up on the show notes and thanks for sharing with us. And I'm going to title this, uh, this episode really is you can have it all period. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you're living, living, breathing proof and don't, don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do. Uh, thank you very much for your time, your expertise, your passion, which comes through loud and clear. And for helping us. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that benefited from hearing what you had to say and, and listening to your story. And thank you very yeah, much and you. much success. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and also something that is also really good to do always is respect your mentors. Mm -hmm. Your mentors can take you really far if you really follow them and respect them. So that's another key that is okay. successful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.